Here we go. Welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast. This is episode number one, two, three. Here we go. Michael Jordan, number 23. Think about him all the time whenever I see that number. I hope you guys are having a great week. It is about a few weeks into the book launch. I wanted to make sure that we did an episode that was beneficial for you today. So a lot of you asked on my polls on Instagram, which I do on my stories often for you. If you follow me, you will see them and you can vote on what you want to hear. And today, everybody wanted to hear about how I wrote seven books before I turned 38 years old. Um, The last book did take me a couple of years. It was an Audible original. It was very interesting. Before that, I've signed with HarperCollins, Hyperion, Rodale. Um, Who's the other giant conglomerate? Oh, that would be Random House. (laughs) And uh, it's been very interesting working with all of these. And apparently one of my books, Clean Green Drinks, which is the most popular book of all time that I have written, is currently with Simon & Schuster. So very interesting things are happening in the publishing world. So keep in mind, things change all the time. Nothing is ever the same. Darwin's theory, change is the only constant in life. And those who are able to adapt are the ones who will thrive. So today we're going to talk about the current climate and how you can get your project off the ground, juicy, and how you should not be discouraged by the market out there right now because it's shitty. It was shitty then and it's shitty now and it probably won't change at all. So you may as well work in the shitty climate because that's all we've got. (laughs) Sometimes life is about just like taking the cards that you're dealt or the fucking lemons and just making lemonade the best that you can. And if you sit around and complain about the market, you're never actually going to get your project off of the ground. So although you all know that I am very good at complaining, I will refuse to do this over the next few years of my life because I think 40 years of complaining is long enough. I often thought I was underserved and underpaid and overlooked When in fact, I think these are just monsters in my head that are telling me that I am not good enough, not pretty enough, I don't get paid enough, and that I will never reach my goals in life. And that, after celebrating a birthday this weekend, I have decided I will not waste my time doing. Because here's the news for all of you today. Your time is better spent on your projects than it is complaining or just having a venting conversation with your best friend or your therapist, doing the work is what will get you ahead. Sure, you can call anyone on your team, your accountant, your CPA, your lawyer, even your assistant and bitch all you want, but that little bitch sesh is not even gonna get you ahead. So number one, stop complaining about your life. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and start looking at what you do have around you. Number one, if you are living in a westernized country with running water, clean bed sheets, and a warm roof over your head, you already won the lottery in life. For all I know, because I work in kitten rescue, I see some of the saddest and most disturbing things when we're talking about animals. And as far as human suffering goes, I think when you are exposed to poverty, you very quickly can realize how easy and simple and clean your life is compared to millions of others in this world. 
So if you need that reminder today, remember you already won the lottery. You are already 10 steps ahead of everyone while listening to this podcast right now. And you are on your way to success. It is so, how can I say this? It won't be easy, but it will be a journey that you will remember My mother and sister often tell me that I am psychotic for writing seven books and I am, but I enjoy the process of writing. I am grateful for all the pain and the suffering that books have caused me. And these are champagne problems. So my friend, pick up the pen, grab the keyboard, type this out. You will not have all good days. I hate that. USA mentality of positivity and light only? Absolutely not. You guys know the real deal. You heard it on Spirited. I could not get more clear about how dark your life will be. 50% of your life will be darkness. 50% will be light. It is the yin and the yang that meet. And the sooner that you realize that, the sooner and better your life is going to be. Acceptance is the key to every artist moving on. Sean, shut up. Sorry. (laughs) My partner is testing creamers or something out in the kitchen. Oh, God. Sorry. You know, see, even having a partner, it's great, but it's also like a lot of work. I told him to be quiet earlier in a polite manner, so... I got to say it that way this time around. It's important that we realize that life is is always going to be greener, right? Like I always thought when I wasn't with a partner, my life was going to be so much better. And then when you shack up with your partner, it's like life is just interesting. It is a journey. And while we have our good days together, every couple has their shit they have to go through. And it's okay. It's normal. The more we talk about real life, the more we talk about our struggles, the more we talk about our darkness and the reality of how shitty books are, the better. I want you all to realize this too. My friend Courtney and I have had deep conversations about this. She was a writer at Forbes for many years and we've said, um, she pointed this out to me. Have you noticed a small little cross asterisk next to some New York Times bestselling books? And I said, no, I have never seen this before. And I've been writing books for almost 20 years. And she said, this means that the the publishers at the New York Times don't actually know where some of the copies of their books came from as far as sales goes. So what she's reporting is it's possible that many people that make it onto the bestsellers list, quote unquote, are actually fraudulent. So... I can combine two topics today. One is how to stay real deal in a world of scammers while writing your book. First book, second book, third. Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's an album. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's a poetry play. Whatever your artistry is, don't lose sight because you are discouraged because other people are fake, because other people are phony, because other people are scam artists, because you know somebody around the corner that's writing with a ghostwriter, because you know somebody that's rich that just, you know, had their husband pay for all their bills so that they could do their passion projects. Don't be discouraged. You guys know where I came from. 
you know my story it's from the ground up if you don't then listen to spirited on audible it talks about all the shit and the darkness and the addictions and the men and just like the hotation of my crazy life and how I made it look perfect and all that to say I'm just like you I have darkness I have light I have good I have bad and I also think that my immigrant parents came down on me so hard but this is not an excuse for the journey so take a really good assessment of where you were last year at this time a couple years ago around May maybe five or ten years ago and what were you doing and where were you can you remember take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out sometimes we just need to assess by going back and saying you know what Candace on book number seven you did a lot better than you did on book number one and two and although the climate has changed and it has not gotten easier it has only become to be more progressively competitive fake scammy dirty con artist filled whatever you want to call it there's nothing I can do about it because I believe that these things have always existed but now at 41 I am very aware of them Sometimes while celebrating your birthday, as I did this weekend, I really looked around at the small amount of friends that I wanted to invite to a very intimate brunch. And I said, my cup is so full. My only birthday wish was for everyone at that table, including myself, let's not take myself out of the equation, to have all of our dreams and miracles fulfilled to a point which we could all feel good about what we did in life because when you live in New York life is tough it's not perfect it's not that bad but it's definitely not as easy in my opinion as life in California and for some reason you come out here to hustle and grind and get beat up and shoot up and spit out and you figure out your shit real fast like my dad says you know living in New York is like getting an MBA just after a few years and it's true, you know, it's, it's a place of learning and growing. And so while a lot of people may tell you that you don't need to live in New York in publishing, while that may be true, it doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a try. So if you needed an excuse to move to New York and live in New York, my God, publishing in New York is like no other place in the world. When my first book agent, Kirby Kim, and I were traveling around New York City pitching my first solo book, Pretty Delicious, we went to every top publisher, Simon & Schuster, Grand Central, HarperCollins, Rodale, Random House, Penguin, when they were separate, you name it, we went. And by the end of the day, we had several authors. They were very good. And as a very young girl, I did not have anything to compare that first book to except for Cook Yourself Thin with Hyperion, which happened to fly off of shelves. But most of you do not know this. I did not get paid one penny for Cook Yourself Thin, and it sold hundreds of thousands of copies, if not maybe millions. And I did not get paid one cent for my recipes, for my pictures, my name, my likeness, nothing. And although that is not fair, it is what happened. 
and it was a learning lesson. Anybody in their right mind could go the litigious route if they wanted to. But as a child of immigrants, I will always choose to take the high road and expect and hope that everything will turn out for the best because I do believe in karma and not that I use that to play my cards every day, but I really believe like number one, we're not perfect. We have dark side. Number two, things are not always going to go your way. Number three, if you want to tell God your plans, go for it and he will laugh in your face. Number four, I will always do the right thing because people will always remember my character at the end of the day and how I made them feel. And number five, I will try my best to treat people the way that I want to be treated in publishing and with books. And although I'm not perfect and I lived through my addictions and my own depression and anxiety through the last several books and I hid it from everyone. I did not dare tell anybody what I was going through while it was happening. I was ashamed, I was embarrassed, and I felt like a failure. And I could not say this to anyone except my closest best friends, a trusted therapist, and my mom. And while I did that, I thought to myself, I haven't even enjoyed my life or my success because I've been on a roller coaster since I got started at 22 on Top Chef. We're almost at 20 years since that first season, the inaugural season started. And while the Cook Yourself Thin book of not getting paid one dime, not one cent, while Lifetime made probably millions of dollars off the book, I look back on my life and I think I'm not owed anything. Nothing is going to happen. No surprise for me. No naked man jumping out of a cake. Nothing. I'm not owed anything. You know, I was lucky enough to experience on the show how to host and cook, produce, direct, and write. And maybe that was the gift. Maybe my co-host who treated me like shit on that show was a lesson and a blessing. And the other one, Allison, treated me wonderfully. I got very lucky I had one of each. <laughs> um, you know, life is weird. And you look back at the people that treated you poorly. And you can look at the people who treated you really well. And I think they counter each other, right? They're that perfect balance of yin and yang. Like we said, the darkness and the light... They're almost about even at this point. I wish I could sit here in New York and tell you that there were more good people than there were bad, but that's not true. There were actually, there was actually a pretty even amount. And then of course, there's a lot of Switzerland people, meaning neutral people <laughs> that just kind of do their job. They come in and they come out and they do their job. Um which I would never be one of those people because life is far too short and too precious to sit around and just do the status quo. You know, for me, it's like my Polish grandparents cleaned hospitals for me, even though they were highly educated and, you know, had the IQ of a scientist or a researcher, etc. But when they moved to the new country, they had to take low-paying you know, start 
starter jobs, um, entry-level jobs. It is my job as an immigrant granddaughter and daughter to pave the way for the next gen to have more and better opportunity. So that is what has happened. So I also want you to all remember that the climate for books is a lot easier in certain ways than it was 20 years ago. And how, you ask? Well, some of you only need to gain a following in order to get your first book deal. Whereas for me, back in the day, I had to be on a TV show. I had to prove myself. I had to have an agent. I had to write really well, produce and direct, shoot a camera, be great on TV. And now you just have to have a following on social. And while that sounds like a really like easy thing to do, I think our mental health plays a huge toll when we decide to go that route. So once you have an ISBN attached to a book, you will always be tracked on your sales. So for me, I have a sales track record that will follow me for the rest of my life. So um, publishers will look at this ISBN note for all of my books and they will track. When it comes to somebody who's brand new, who's coming out with their first book right now, they don't have that. So it's better for somebody who doesn't have a track record. So if that's you, you are in good luck right now for pitching books. I want you to write your best work. I want you to contact a literary agent. I want you to try to get signed by a literary agent. I want you to take the right steps to getting this project off the ground. It may take you years to write your proposal and that's okay. It doesn't mean the first book, the second or the third is going to be the winner. I'm hoping that number eight will be the one. <laughs> it's true that Clean Green Drinks and Clean Green Eats were my best books. And therefore, after writing philosophical shit for the last 10 years, I think I'm going to go back to cooking. So this is another note for you today. Read the room. See what feels good. What are you fucking great at? Well, I can write delicious recipes with anything in my pantry. That's smoothies, salads, dressings, soups, marinades, Anything with pasta, soba noodles, udon, ramen, anything with matcha, cakes, cookies, you name it. I worked on the line. I cooked in restaurants. I was a hostess, a server, a bartender, a line cook. I did every fucking job I could do in the restaurant industry. I edited behind the scenes at multiple magazines in New York City. I judged on Iron Chef America and beat Bobby Flay. I did Top Chef when I was 22. I fucking crushed the gauntlet of as much as I could do in food before I dared to go out there and write books. And you don't have to do that anymore. You can just gain a fucking following. Imagine that. So this world has changed in multiple ways. But as I always say, don't do the con artist thing. Don't do the con artist thing. Don't do the con artist thing. Don't scam people. Don't ask them for money. Don't play on their vulnerable heartstrings. Don't you dare try to get an audience because somebody is hurting and ill and vulnerable and in pain and suffering and you want to take advantage of them. Please don't do it. I see like life coachy type of people doing that all the time. 
And you know what? Everyone will have their own pain in this life and suffering. It is a sure thing we speak on all the time in Buddhist wisdom. But I also know that you can get out of your own darkness and you can get to the light on your own. I swear if you are in that place right now, I was just there two weeks ago. And what you need to do, if you don't believe me, read my Substack, Because there's a real sad note that I sent to all of you in there. And thank you guys for subscribing. And, and for those of you who do subscribe to my newsletter and buy the merch that I think will help you. It is not con artist shit. It's journals and books and downloads that actually will help you to learn how to get out of your own darkness. You have the capacity to do it because just two weeks ago, I didn't think I was going to be able to get out of this rut of coming out with another book project and just virtually not having anything great to do after. I set myself up for my own pain and suffering. I suffer in silence because I choose that route. I don't want to tell you everything that's going on in my life. And frankly, I don't want you to have to do that either. I don't think if you read Reddit boards on influencers, I don't think that it's a very good idea to be an overshare. I think you will also regret showing like naked photos of your children and showing every angle of your personal life with someone. I think it is very important. <laughs> I mean, you guys just heard me scream. Sean, shut up. <laughs> but I just, I, I think it's a really important, as you've seen with me, I, I live by example. Like I, I'm like my parents. My mom barely shares about her own family and my dad does the same. Like we're all individualistic in our family. We don't want to ex- overexpose our family members to a point where it may be weird down the line. I think you have to look up to other classy women who have paved the way for you already, who work in media and journalism and books because their career path and their road that they've paid before you, that they've paved before you, excuse me, is going to be more similar to your journey than any old white man's will ever be. First of all, he has a dick between his legs, which means he's going to get paid more. He's going to get more attention. And if he's good looking, God bless him because he will get even more attention. If he's got a beautiful vocal voice that's deep and sexy and he's alluring and fucking hot, God bless him, he's going to get even more attention. And that is how our world works. With a beautiful woman, well, sorry, honey, but you're going to be polarizing. People are going to hate you. They're going to eat you alive. When they see you as a triple threat, they will just eat you alive. And you know what? If you can make it through the gauntlet, which I believe I have, and many of my girlfriends that are higher end have as well, the one thing that I know we have in common is that most of us are very classy and buttoned up and we have our shit together and we have a wealth of knowledge in the space that we work in, which is why one of the next things I'm going to work on for my own website and my own Substack is actually a body of my own work call it a resume, call it a one sheet, call it a marketing, you know, deck, whatever we need to call it. I really believe that experience is still the most important thing. So if you're still writing your first book proposal or your second or third, 
and you still don't have enough experience in your space, like say you want to write books on botany, why not intern at, you know, the sill or something like it or better homes and gardens, etc. If you are dying to get into textile work, why not work in the textile industry? Because sometimes you don't have anything to talk about that is very useful and precious and a great contribution in the eyes of a publisher. In real life, you might, and I believe you, and I believe in you, that your work is very worthy of publishing and being shot and cut, you know, and going out to media. I do also want to tell you guys, I have written like 50 different shows and proposals that have just gone into the fucking garbage. Maybe even more than that. Now, who am I kidding? It's probably like 250 because if we could just go into my Google Docs over time. I don't know. I just think that more people need to see the realistic side, the dark side, the grim side of what publishing is really like and how writing going on my eighth book now because it's going to be juicy. Look, it's fun. It's cool. It's great. It's also very dark. It doesn't pay very well. There are like one out of a hundred people, maybe like a million that actually get really huge book deals. Sometimes there are book agents that hype out their client and their following and they pay for a bunch of followers. They hype out their doctor clients and there are really bad doctors that get out there and they get their degrees, God bless them, and they start putting out shitty work as narcissists. I mean, there are many of us journalists that work on the back end of the medical side of publishing where we work with scientists, nutritionists, dietitians, and doctors, medical doctors, um, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And we notice that there are a lot of people that are getting into the field where they have no experience and they use their MD immediately to try to get money and fame. And they are true narcissists. When you are a doctor, it is in your best interest to take care of your patients, to work with them one-on-one when you can, to try to be of better service to them, in my opinion. And I'm just somebody who's worked side-by-side with doctors and professionals in the medical field for 20 years. And from what I've seen is that we've created monsters from social media. So you cannot believe everything that you see or read Personally, I do know people that have paid to be on the New York Times bestseller list. I know people that do that for a living. I've seen it. And my head spun because I was like, is this how you do it? And I was very young and naive. And I would have to have friends in the industry talk me and talk to me and say, girl, you are like, you got to be kidding me. These people have endless amounts of cash and they pay their way to the top. So again, read reviews, check resumes, check backgrounds, see where people come from, see how their books and their writing and their podcasts make you feel. And please don't drink the Kool-Aid. It's really easy. Like I, I wish sometimes I was dumb enough to create my own show where all I talked about was sex and men and boys and, and fucking and all that stuff. But it, it's just not my thing because I think if I ever have children, if I'm ever blessed enough to have a child one day, um, I wouldn't want him or her to look back and be like, ew, what did mom do? 
gross, you know? And that seems like a real generalization for me to say, to like protect my maybe sometimes one day, maybe so children. <laughs> but I, it's, it's there. It is there as sort of a placeholder in my life where I would like to keep things private and buttoned up still. And that means professional, gracious, beautiful, presentable, and not perfect. It means just being very real with you about when I will pull the curtain back and when I will pull the curtain forward. (laughs) And I want you to have a deep think about that. Like how much do you want your project to expose? Because honey, there ain't no turning back. Everything that you choose to put out there, whether it's a blog, Substack, social media, a book, a magazine article, everything will be taken with notes. People will screenshot everything. So be careful who you choose to work with. Have integrity in the words that you say, in the papers and articles and journals that you write. Be of quality have the essence of a goddess when you're going out there and you are spreading your light because when the darkness comes because it absolutely will you will have your work and your integrity and your word your morals and your values to stand back on and that foundation whether it is bricks or straw house will make the biggest difference in the world I am not saying that bad things are going to happen, but I'm saying they surely will. And you will need to make sure that you are standing on a foundation of bricks. So that means do the right thing. Do your research, do your homework, do the jobs in your industry. I don't give a fuck if it's a side hustle that you've got to do on the weekends or after hours. And I'm not a Gary V over hustle type of person. I am a person that says, drink on the brunch weekends, enjoy your friends, bang any guy you want. If you're single or girl, do your thing, be wild child, but also know when to button up and when to work hard and know when to stop. Work for me will always stop around five or 6 PM. Now don't do it late anymore. Not for me. But I also do wake up at like 5.30 every morning, so I'm at my desk very early. Pick and choose, though, is what I'm saying. Once you get into your 40s, life becomes a little bit easier because you really stop giving a fuck about certain people. And if you want to be at the top of your A-game, you are the only person that is going to put yourself in that position. I don't care who you know or who your dad is or who your fucking husband is, etc., You have the power to be the real deal on your own two feet on those bricks. And I actually know that because I've done it myself. So when people talk about walking the walk, make sure you know what you're talking about. When you go out with your pitch, when you have the book proposal or the show proposal, the Bible, the write-up, the one sheet, the music, the album, get to the right agent, get to the right publisher and keep going. The moment that you decide to stop putting your beautiful work out there into this world is the moment that it will not make it. So 
take a break if you absolutely need it. Scratch the paper, crumple it up, throw it away, start over. Breaks are okay. And if you don't like the project that you started already, then you start over. But you never want to give up on that one big beautiful dream that you have in your big heart. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. A few of the last notes I'm going to give you in publishing in order to stay real deal is make sure that your work is different and unique and profound. What do you have to offer the world that others do not have? For me, immigrant parents, Japanese mom. Oh yeah, Candice, you are kind of a crazy me and your father. We really enjoy a simple life. I don't need another cat. I only need one. I like Cutie. She doesn't even like her own brother. I have her brother, Shohei. And she says, Oh yeah, she kind of like tolerate him. He kind of bother her. Because her brother picks on her all the time. Of course, they're two little blackies that were found in a bodega Bronx basement. So fucking cute with little wanderers. Um... One thing that will never change is my passion for cats, cat rescue, volunteering, feeding the homeless, helping the underprivileged, being of service to others. So that I know is an offering that I have and a passion that I carry. And I love like-minded people. So I surround myself with those like-minded people. I'll keep listening to my immigrant parents and their very wise wisdom. And I will also remember to not let my fears get in the way of my dreams and my projects in the future. Um, I also think that many of us have this control problem where we like to control the narrative or our lives. And sometimes we need to let up a little bit and let go and give space and be easy and a pleasure to work with. Because when you are that, people always want to remember you on a high note so if this is your last week at your job or say you're ending a contract or you just are about ready to start the next chapter in your life finish the first one strong don't ghost people don't be a shithead don't be an asshole don't have expectations end on a high note and leave being a pleasure to work with that will always get you to the right job Lastly, be kind to everyone you work with because you don't know where that person is going to be in six months or 10 years. I have seen PAs on the shows that I've worked with become executives at huge networks down the line. And number one, it makes me happy. And number two, it makes me laugh because we laugh together about it. And number three, people don't forget how you made them feel. If you need a little bit of inspiration, I believe that listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer will help you at this time. A man of much wisdom and love and light. Or Louise Hay. You can find many of their recordings with Hay House or online at YouTube. I just want you to go out there and capture the essence of your dreams in the form of a podcast, an audiobook, a book a magazine, a journal, 
a TV show, an album, maybe it's poetry, writing, maybe it's theater. But please don't give up on your dream of artistry because you are discouraged by the social media climate and the climate of how fucking shitty things are. They'll always be shitty and they'll continue to be until you get back out there and you become the number one most wanted and desired person in your space. I know you can do it because I've done it on my own without help, with merit. And I believe in you because you get it. You know what it takes. So get back out there and stop being so afraid. Who gives a fuck if this person bought a bunch of fake followers? And who gives a shit if they're a shitty person and they take nice photos? Anyone can do that. But it takes a true fucking real deal hustler to be a connoisseur of the light and to write about the darkness and to write about their tough times and to put shit on paper and present it and publish it to the world. It takes a true artist to do so. And I know you have it in you. I have to go because my cat is trying to bang on the door and put his arms underneath the door. Shohei! Sorry. Anyways, I love you guys. <laughs> Enough of the screaming today. I swear I'm not like that. Thank you for signing up for my newsletter. You guys are juicy. There is a sign-up sheet on CandiceKumai.com and also a sub-stack that you can now sign up to. Please subscribe to be a founding member. Please pick up one of my journals. We are going to put them on sale today. Yay! So they're going to be on sale for a flash sale. So get them for close to 20 bucks. That's like half the price. They are very juicy. Also for your spirited reviews, if you want free gifts, audible.com slash spirited. Write your five-star review. I think you can listen to like two or three chapters and then you can write it. Send an email to Danny, D-A-N-I, at CandiceKumai.com, D-A-N-I, at CandiceKumai.com. She will get you a free gift right away via email. Thank you guys for writing your reviews. My hands on my heart. I saw Deja's. I saw a girlfriend from Bar Methods. I saw a couple of girls that I've known from work through the years, and I thank you. You guys are fucking awesome. I got one shitty review. It made me cringe inside, and it's okay. It's all good, everybody to each their own. We must live in the darkness and in the light. But please sign up for the newsletter and purchase something at thematchashop.com to support this free and self-published podcast. Wabi Sabi. Because life is shitty and so are we. But we can still be connoisseurs of the light while we're shitty people. And it's all good. And we can't believe that we're going to be unicorns and perfect and golden all the time. So when you get yourself out there, when you make the side hustle time, when you learn to be an artist in the field that you want to be in, quit your fucking job that you hate. Quit it. Get away from the boss that you don't like and just go out and pursue your dreams. Oh, Shohei, because I did and I'm in my 40s now and look at me. I have a cat, an apartment in, uh, where am I? In Brooklyn and hang on, let me open this door. Shohei. Hi, sweetie. You want to say hi? <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Have a great week. And wabi-sabi. All things are perfectly imperfect. See you at the matcha shop. Don't forget to buy your gifts. 
your journals and download Spirited for free on Audible and write that juicy review. Again, the, the <laughs> there's like 20, 20 outros on this podcast. Danny at CandiceKumai.com. D-A-N-I at CandiceKumai.com. Okay. Love you guys. I'll see you very soon. Have an excellent, fabulous week. Cheers. <laughs>